You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. Here's the notable results from the weekend in the Premier League. Wolves get the 2-1 win over Tottenham. Arsenal 3-1 over Burnley. Manchester United get the 1-0 win over Luton Town. Uh, Chelsea, Manchester City, eight goals total in that one. 4-4 draw, and uh, I don't want to rub it in, but... Bournemouth beat Newcastle boys 2-0. Mm. I know. I know. I, don't, I didn't want to I didn't want to bring it back to that, but but here we are. Um, but for more on the weekend in the Premier League, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome in our friend Jeff Shreves. Jeff, hello. Always great to see you on a Monday morning. Um, we always like to kind of start things off with your big takeaways from the weekend. For you, what was the biggest result of the weekend in the Prem? I don't know about the biggest results, Susanna, but without a shadow of a doubt, the best game of the weekend was the 4-4 that you just referenced at Stamford Bridge. It was absolutely magnificent. It was a genuine classic. This is the very best of the Premier League. When you get matches like this, it just wants you leave wanting more and more. It's almost a shame there's an international break afterwards. It was like two heavyweights, two real titans of the game going toe-to-toe. It was full of incident full of superb skill, superb action. It had just everything you could want in a game of football. Both teams stood up to be counted. And you just thought, you know, but not this to end. I mean, look, there's Cole Palmer. We touched on him, didn't we, on Friday. So what a huge day this was for him. In fact, he's been christened. Look at the nerves of steel that he showed there, waiting to take that penalty against his former team. Can you imagine what that was like? You've been christened Cold Palmer by a few people because of the ice that's clearly running through his veins. It was just a superb moment for him. Great game. Didn't want to end. Neither did Maurizio Pochettino. That's why he rounds the pitch at the end, ranting and raving because he thought they could have got a fifth. Fantastic stuff. Loved it. Uh, Jeff, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a bigger match, and it was a draw, right? And this was the most exciting match. But I kind of want to ask about two former City players being pretty essential in that in that uh, draw against uh, Manchester City. Pep was asked about it, and he said, we're a big club. We, it doesn't matter if we sell players to our competitors. But that feels like a shift from a typical Premier League in the past where – you almost didn't want to loan or sell players to some of the other big clubs. Do you think this is a shift, or do you think Pep Guardiola is just playing games in the media? Mm, it's always difficult to tell with Pep, isn't it, Alexis? Because he's so clever at it. <laughs> he's so sharp. Uh, might be a little bit of both. On Cole Palmer, he simply wasn't getting the opportunities that he wanted, and he had the courage of his convictions to go to Chelsea for, what was it, £40 million in the summer. He'd been at Manchester City since he was eight years old. He thought he was going to get opportunities, but it just wasn't happening for him. So he had the courage of his convictions. And you know what? It paid off. So he's now got two goals for Chelsea, four assists. And today, he got called up to the men's England senior squad for the first time in his career. He's been in the under-21s, but today, called up to the England squad. So he certainly vindicated his decision with that performance yesterday. 
As to your question with regards to Pep, they've got so much talent there. I think Pep is a fair guy. They can't play everybody. They can't give everybody minutes. Look at Calvin Phillips. He's not getting a look in. I think Pep, because obviously he was a top player himself, he is mindful of individual careers. So maybe it's a bit of both. If, if there were any doubts about Mauricio Pochettino with Chelsea, do you think this game in particular was was able to calm, you know, basically calm the, the supporters to let them know they're on the right path? Because to me, it, it seemed like Chelsea were playing with that intensity that everyone had hoped, that skill, the intensity. Of, of course, they conceded four goals. But if, if finally we started to see some... some Best game of the season? Yeah, some, some dynamic attacks from this Chelsea side. I, th I think you're right, because I think it could be viewed as a pivotal, not so much result, but as a performance, because it had everything that you talked about there, their intensity, their pressing. You know, look at Conor Gallagher. He was magnificent in midfield. He was up against Rodri. In fact, there was a, there was a real moment as well where Rodri, who is the master of the holding player, the six, if you like, and he was on the floor and Conor Gallagher was stood over him. And it was likened to that famous photo of Muhammad Ali standing over Sonny Liston. So is this a shift in power? Of course it's not. It's way too early to say that. I think what the Chelsea fans saw there, it gave them this result more than any other this season. Even though it wasn't a win, even far more than the 4-1 win over, admittedly, nine-man Tottenham, this felt like a big moment from Richo Pochettino in his Chelsea tenure. His team delivered what he wanted in the fashion that he wanted. And I think more than anything else, it won't even give them belief, they displayed belief on the field. When it's not been going their way, they went toe-to-toe, -to -toe, as I said, with the champions, and they delivered. Jeff, switching topics now to Spurs. Ange Postecoglou hadn't lost two games consecutively at Celtic ever. And now, when we were so high on Spurs, they've lost two consecutive games. Um, what's been the deal with Spurs in these last couple of games? I understand there's red cards. I understand there's injuries. But is it a hump that you see Spurs getting over quickly? Well, you want me to answer quickly or will I get over it? <laughs> 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 what, 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 I, think, I think you said it yourself. That look at the injuries and look at the suspensions and then you've got to look at that in detail. Madison not back until the new year. Okay, Udogi will be back. Romero is a three-match ban. So Mickey van der Ven is also a huge loss for them. But Postacoglu is not the sort of manager who looks for excuses. And I also don't think he will change the way that they play. You know, they, they were leading right until deep into the Wolves game at the weekend. But Wolves had come back. And, by the way, this, without a shell of a doubt, Pablo Sarabia, that is my goal of the weekend. He'd only been on the pitch for four minutes. It's past 90 minutes. And it, I think it kind of paved the way for the winner for Wolves. Absolutely superb goal. I, the touch and the technique was just magnificent in that goal. But going back to your point about Spurs... I don't think Ange Postacoglu himself was getting overly excited about their credentials to winning the title. I don't think either he will overly panic about the last two defeats either. So he's that kind of guy. He takes very much everything on an even keel. Um, we'll see. But no, no. Long, long way from panicking for Spurs fans right now. Next couple of games. At home versus Villa. At Manchester City. At home versus West Ham. Ooh. Home versus Newcastle. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. The tough stretch through there. December 10th, yeah. Jeff, what do you make of Manchester United? The unlikeliest of scores are, are up there. Lindelof getting the game winner, but 
this is against Lutman Town. I, I still felt that the, the <laughs> why'd you say it like that? So much disrespect to Old Trafford, and you could tell Liverpool they got the win. They got the win, but you could tell the United supporters were not all that thrilled. Yes, but it, it has to be said. Let's use a modern term. Maybe they were Luton intolerant. It was a tricky game for them. They're not riding high on confidence. But do you, do you know what? I, I cannot get my head around the statistics that are around Manchester United right now. So that was Eric Ten Hag's 50th league game in charge of Manchester United. He has the best ever <laughs> record of any Manchester, any Manchester United manager in his first 50 league games. In fact, he's got a better record than Jurgen Klopp. Also, they are the team in the best form in the Premier League right now. Number one, they are the team with the best set results in the previous five games. They've also made their worst start to a league season for 50 years. Talk <laughs> me through those numbers. That... That's wild. Yeah, but also, I don't think when Sir Alex Ferguson took over, they were in second place the year before, right? I mean, no. <laughs> he's taken over a better, no. a better squad. Yeah, got, got to give a shout-out as well uh, uh, for my man of the weekend is Harry Maguire because this is a guy who endured ridicule. He was mm. booed by some sections of his own fans. He was, let's be honest, he was cold-shouldered by Eric Ten Hag, who clearly wanted him out of the club. He could have chosen to leave, but he stayed. For his place. And he did it with real dignity, with real self-belief, if you like. He didn't play as many games as he would have liked last season. He didn't kick up. He didn't moan. He didn't say anything. He's now played eight games on the trot. And to many, he was one of the best players on the pitch at the weekend. So, to me, you've got to give credit where credit's due. The fact that he got his head down, got on with it, and now he's got his just reward. You know what they say. Form is temporary. Class is permanent. Ah. Well yeah. said, Jeff. Um, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for the great intel. We, uh, I'm sure we'll chat with you very soon. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. All right, guys. We're going to take another break. Uh, we are going to dive into some MLS Cup playoff action that we saw over the weekend when we return. Don't go anywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sending it back in, back in front, big save, and it's 1-0! Corey Baird on the doorstep! Bending one toward the top of the six, and it's 1-1! One, one. Diego Luna! And we're going for a second straight game, back to the penalty spot. The Moose hits it off the post! Houston will have the opportunity to win it here. Dorsey, he does it! Houston are moving on. Given away by Robinson. This is Nappy. This time fires and scores. Garland to Nappy. Here's Abinson. Malte Abinson gives it a go. Fires and a laser put home. Oh, what a strike. This Columbus crew side is on its way to the conference semifinals. 
The MLS Cup playoffs continue to roll on. Here's the updated brackets. We start in the East, uh, and we now know who are going to be facing off in the semifinals. Cincinnati will host Philadelphia on November 25th, and uh, Columbus will host Orlando City. These are very, very fun matchups, but one, two, three, four in the standings. Um, so moving on over to the West, here is how it all shakes out in the semifinals. Sporting Kansas City will face Houston. LAFC taking on Seattle. Those are some tasty matchups as well. Those oh, yeah. Matches on November 26th. <laughs> I think this is easier to guess what's going to happen. I, I say that knowing I'll be uh, wrong. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Knowing I'll be wrong. So the first round of these playoffs were a three-game series, which wrapped up this weekend. So we've got a nice little chunk of time before the semifinals uh, continue. So Can I ask you, Suze? Because yes. I asked the desk before, yeah. and Nico said it was too early. Now that we've seen all three matches, mm-hmm. what do we think of that of that system for the first round? I, I don't. I don't. On a scale it. of one I, to ten, I don't love it. I, I think they over three games. You you saw some quality and there were some some good moments, but I would prefer it just be two legs, home and away. Yeah, aggregate score. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it was just too long, I, and there was too much time in between That's... each each game. So if it was if it was condensed, maybe it would have been a little bit more uh, enticing and mm-hmm. a better product. But yeah. because it was spread out over such a long period of time, I don't know. It was almost like I. You kind of became disconnected to it rather than feeling like you were in this playoff yeah. environment. And so, yeah, for me, if you're looking for more games, just make it a two make it two game series throughout. And if you want to have a That's break, fine. do do the home away, then one knockout round game. So then the conference finals and finals are all after yeah. this international after break. After international break. So that to me would make sense. Yeah. So no, I I I didn't particularly no. enjoy it. Uh, but it, it didn't win me over. Like great experiment. <laughs> If you want to try it, try it out. 100%. I don't think. You know they're going to change it next year. Can't say you didn't try. And, you know, for... I want to look at that that Houston RSL series in, in particular because we talked about it earlier on in the show. RSL is one of those teams that, like, they just don't give up. So for them, a three-game series is beneficial because it gives them three opportunities to kind of, you know, make some noise. Keep it tight. Exactly. <laughs> Keep it a little tight. Keep it a, which they did. Which they did. And they were playing at Houston where they have been so almost unstoppable at home. Um, the Houston Dynamo, one of these dark horse teams, a lot of people have, they were kind of the sexy pick to win MLS Cup this year. Uh, but credit to RSL, Diego Luna, what a moment for him, friend of the show. And then it goes to PKs. Yeesh. And I mean, and I just honestly, like for Diego Luna, who ended up missing his PK, we'll see it here in just a bit. I mean, you just go from that, that, that ultimate that high, that ultimate high to ultimate low. That's got to break your heart. Steve Clark. Steve Clark. Still going. (laughs) And Griffin Dorsey puts away the winner. But you saw the heartbreak on Diego Luna's face after he he missed his his PK. And he he was the hero. You know, he scored Mm -hmm. the equalizer. Mm -hmm. He had a breakout season this season. Because remember when we we just started the show, even even in rehearsals, when we went on air and we were talking about RSL and, and, and Luna, and then he went to the U20 World Cup, mm-hmm. and that's we where like, really broke out. Why isn't Diego Luna Getting a minutes. more important player on this RSL team? Because he wasn't used. He wasn't even a role player. It's like he would get minutes you can count on your hands. He was a training player. And he, exactly. And he broke into this first team and became a vital reason as to why 
RSL went from being mid-table mm-hmm. to a scary team yeah. in, in the West. And I, I think they, sh- like, they should look back at the season and say, wow, this is something we can build off of. There is yeah. something special here. Um, so although they lost in penalty, it, it, it could have swung... Either way. But, and think about it, though, too. Like, they lost Pablo Ruiz. When did, when did he go down with wow. that knee injury? And that was like their... Forgot that was this yes, season. Yes, exactly. And, and he was playing so incredibly playing so well. well. And they and they still got this far without arguably their best player. So you, you add him into the equation. You add in a healthy Chicho Arango. I mean, this is a team with some serious firepower. Um, and I think that they did really well to get to this point. You know, ultimately, mm-hmm. it's the playoffs and uh, Houston is a very good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes for them. Uh, let's move it along to the game we saw last night, which was Columbus and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I, we, we knew that this series was going to produce a ton of goals just based on the offensive prowess of both of these teams. And uh, Educated la- guess as to how many goals were scored. Oh, gosh. Okay, so in last the entire night was series. Six. It was uh, nine. Uh, no, 12. no, I just twelve. I'll look it up. Keep on talking. Twelve. Uh, so, Columbus moving on after a four-two win at home against Atlanta. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, jeez, Louise. <laughs> Lots of goals. Uh, Charlie, this Columbus mm. team. I mean, they score. They score a lot of goals. They can leave themselves a little bit vulnerable with that super high press that Wilfred Nancy likes to impose. But I. I find them to be terrifying. They are. Charlie. Uh, I mean, Kucha Hernandez is a game ch- changer, right? He's a match winner. We bring him in, designated player. Uh, a called him to the Colombian national team, by the way. Called up to finally, right? Last minute due to an injury, but finally he got in. amazing. I just think when you have a, a goal scorer like him, yeah. someone who can run the channels and, and score from distance, then you throw in Diego Rossi who comes in. When you sell your best player, Lucas mm-hmm. Ryan, like, let's put that in context. Yep. You sold your best, best player. <laughs> Arguably one of the best players in the league. Like yes. our, yeah. our group MVP. top three, yeah. MVP yeah. candidate. Two years yeah. ago, he was MVP. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking one of the best players in the league. But then they so, bring in kind of a like kind of exchange with Diego Rossi, though, no? Yes, but completely different yes. players. But still, top-level player, DP, previously in the league. And yeah, the, way the way that they can pass and move in the attacking third. And then Alexandru Matan, which I give 100% credit to Wilfer Nazi to getting the best out of this player. Because mm-hmm. we've seen glimpses here and there. But to do it consistently, Matan has been a difference maker this season. And Nagby's still doing Nagby things. He's still got it, man. Of course. As Jeff Shreve said, you know, class is permanent. Not form. He's he's just top, (laughs) top class. And then Amundsen, we don't see this often from a a center back, left back. And then you see. Exactly. Rossi right here, a a quality finish. And they're up 3 0. This Columbus crew team at home, look at cooking Spider-Man. Uh, are you Spider-Man? I'm Spider-Man. Is that the meme they're going for right there? But uh, when you watch them play, Wilfred Nancy has them playing magically. The way they move and pass, and it, they're, they're just dangerous. And that's a team you want to 
want to watch. They're entertaining. Yeah. So I give a ton of credit to Wilfred Nancy seeing what he's been able to do, work his way up in Montreal, gets the move to Columbus, and is thriving. Mm -hmm. A more stable situation. And we talked about it last week where, like, you never know. I said the center back could be the forward, and then Amundsen does that. It's just exciting to watch. The only question is, can they're, defend, can they're defending? Because they are pushing so many numbers forward. Can the defending hold on? And they did against Atlanta, but these rounds are going to start. These single, single, um, single game elimination rounds, I don't know. It's a, it feels like a dangerous mm -hmm. tactic, but I don't ever want to count them out. Oh, it's going to be fun. Well, we got a while, guys. Almost two weeks until November 25th and uh, the semifinals of the MLS Cup playoffs return. Can't wait. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, <laughs> we are diving into some of the results from around the globe from the weekend when we return. Stay with us, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Here's the weekend results in Serie A. Oh, man, yeah. AC Milan and Lecce, a 2-2 draw. That's just wonderful. Um, Juventus you continue to roll. Grudges, I do. I'm still there. <laughs> I really thought I was like, I'm like, I've got this. Would you think it was going to be different on this? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always the hope. Uh, Juventus are rolling, guys. 2-1 over Cagliari. Uh, Napoli lose at home to Empoli. Inter Milan are rolling as well. 2-0 over Frosinone. And uh, the Rome Derby Lazio versus Roma, a thrilling nil-nil <laughs> draw. No goals, no goals in this one. Um, which honestly, I was a little bit surprised about because Roma is a team that has scored a lot of goals on the season. Uh, they've got 22, but there were only three shots on goal in this match, and there were some chances. They weren't but really threatening. I think no. ultimately this match was a bit of a letdown. Charlie, am I correct in yeah, saying that? Yeah, uh, very fair to say because I think Karlsdorp was the only player to have a shot in the opening like 30 minutes for Roma. So it, that's basically what we saw. Um, yeah. And, and this was obviously an incredible shot, but Luis Alberto, he was, he was trying to cook, but ultimately the game was pretty much in the midfield the way mm -hmm. this was played. It was a chess match. Mourinho obviously preferring to defend much more, looking to counter at when he could. Just not a lot of action in the attacking third. Mm. Uh, on FOTMOB, Karsdrop got a man of the match with a rating of 7.5. If that gives you any idea as to mm. how this match played out, it seemed like both managers, ego-wise, didn't want to lose this match either. It was a very defensive Will they boring. Both boring pleased? is the word I was. I didn't want to say. They, but I, I said mean, it honestly, anyway. like, is a is a nil nil draw is one point apiece. Like, is that will both teams feel good about that? Maybe not Lazio. I don't know, but I feel like Lazio <laughs> was was the was more creative and is the team that we kind of saw on paper and we're like, okay, this is a moment to prove to shine and to start becoming one of those teams that you say, okay they're not to be messed with because at the beginning of the season they were struggling and yeah and where are they right now on the table 
Lazio. Do we Lazio have the table? They must be like ninth. Early in 10th. 10th. Okay. Roma is in 7th. Okay, there. Just outside ten, the European place. Like, Lazio last season had a great final push where they, where they were able to... Uh, kind of just just keep that momentum up going despite it all being done by like wrapped up in in March April um, I don't know and they significantly dropped off and I felt like this was a chance to prove like hey we're, we're, we're still here man zero zero and Romo's and Darby. uninspiring yeah yeah I was a little disappointed in the way that Roma played the game <laughs> not that we should expect anything different from a, a Mourinho side but you know, he's, he's smart in the way he's, he's saying we're not going to give up much. And if we can score that one goal off a set piece, a sure. free kick, uh, in transition, we catch them, great. But we aren't giving up anything. It's also and, Derby, though, you know? Yeah. Like, you want them to go after yeah. it a little bit more than I feel like both teams did. I don't know. I, I do feel that, in a way, Mauricio Sarri kind of fell into the Mourinho trap. Yeah. Getting mixed up in the media, getting your words, you know, switched up. That's kind of what... That's kind of what Mourinho wants. You know, Mourinho wants to play that game, and it, it felt like Lazio didn't play their game, whereas Roma were like, hey, we'll sit back. We're, we're cool. Yeah, this is what we want anyway. Hmm. I miss the old Porto Mourinho when they was passing the ball, moving around. So we give this one a big meh. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Meh. That's okay. perfect. Fair. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's my review That's of even it. better. <laughs> um, all right, let's transition over to La Liga, where um, for... Real Madrid, no Jude Bellingham, no problem. 5-1 win um, against oh, Valencia. Were Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they balled in the first like four minutes. Nah. And it was awful. over. Nah. And then it was awful. over. So, nah. so this was more Valencia being awful than Real Madrid being just, like, very what, strong. What's up with Valencia, man? They were battling relegation, flirting, seriously flirting with relegation. They were all up in that. I, I wanted Alexis to give me like a nice mm. little flirty analogy. They were like <laughs> slow dancing with relegation. Slow dancing. I was going to let you <laughs> figure that one out. <laughs> so, flirty. Barcelona, in, in La Liga, there's a couple storylines that we need to watch out. I'll, I'll get to Real Madrid in a second. Atletico Madrid is it's the resurgence. A year after Cholo Simeone was most questioned as a manager of Atletico Madrid, they're back. Betis in the derby against Sevilla mm -hmm. managed to escape with a draw. Diego Alonso's yet to win an important game in like six games in yeah. charge of Sevilla. Um, yeah, his, his number is coming not up Not great. And Barcelona wins again, maybe unconvincingly, but wins again. And Real Madrid without Jude Bellingham. They have found the best out of Vinicius, out of Rodrigo, and they play Argentina in about a week's time. Um, they, they're, they're very good. And, and look, even Dani Carvajal scored a golazo oh, yes. for, for Valencia. And, An and there's just, there, there was a significant, there's been such a significant drop of Valencia, which is one of the big teams of La Liga. You, know, you don't expect the Real Madrid-Valencia to be so, come on, Valencia, give us a game. I was excited for this. And from the get-go, Real Madrid were just, much better. And, yeah. and they're Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah their individual talent is just out of this world, yeah. even without Jude Bellingham. I mean, how do you, you know, most people wouldn't be able to name you three players off of Valencia. Easy to name three players off Real Madrid. The, it's wild. They have a plus 19 goal differential, but they're still Look in this second defending. place. Oh, the, uh, the other storyline. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who also continue to win. Yeah, I mean, this is just 
offensively, this team uh, just has so many weapons. Look at the amount of time. How many goals would you have scored if you had that much time on the ball? I don't know. It's called basically <laughs> show show me no intensity. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys, let's get Without out there and let win on three. <laughs> but it's like it's a little bit strange because it's it's. You play Rayo Vallecano at home in the Bernabeu and you can't score and it's 0-0. And then suddenly you can turn it up against Valencia and score five that, past that, them. That happens in the game. Right. Where, where things just don't, don't go. go your way. Yeah, but fair. you're not losing. Mm-hmm. So it's when, when uh, there's matches where everything just feels off. And you know, you're like, ah, it's one of those days. But let's just try and battle, not give up anything, not concede. And if you don't score, you don't score but you're not losing. And so you don't expect to win every game. You don't expect to score five goals right. in the game, even though you're Real Madrid, even though you have Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo and, and Jude Bellingham when they're all fit. That happens. But this shows just the amount of quality that they do have when mm. things go your way. Right? Uh, Real Madrid's XG was 1.75. Mm. Does anybody want to guess Valencia's? <laughs> yes. Point, point zero 0.09. Point 0.3. A lot more. Oh, higher? So, Real Madrid was 1.75. 1.71. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's, it's point zero four like, less. It's like, huh. Yeah. I mean, and, and the goalkeeper... They balled out a little bit. The goalkeeper is... I forget his name, the Ukrainian, because Kepa's injured. I think he was standing backwards during that. Right? He, he had <laughs> one big save, Andriy Lunin. Um, and he's, he played. So, look, even their third-string goalkeeper mm. is getting minutes and, and shining. All right. Uh, Nico, quickly, on Friday, you spoke about... Uh, Brazil. Brazil. What's going on? What's going on? Fala Brasileiro! <laughs> Palmeiras got a really big win against Inter in the uh, Flu Fla 1 1. Um, but I think we got to look at that. But Red Bull Bragantino against Botafogo. Botafogo held off. Botafogo held off, and, and because of uh, that Palmeiras win, Palmeiras now takes top of the table by two points, but Botafogo still has that game in hand. And look at where Red Bull Bragantino mm. is. Mind you, Botafogo was winning from the 60th minute onwards, and they conceded in one of the last plays of the game in stoppage time. Red Bull Bragantino, who gets a valuable point. They're right there in the mix. And Gremio as well, who lost to Corinthians at the weekend. Like, Botafogo has to feel so lucky that they're in a downward spiral and they tied the game like yes of course they could have won but in the end the tie doesn't hurt them against a direct competitor for the title doesn't hurt them as much because Gremio lost Mm -hmm. because Flamengo Fluminense drew it's like they still control their own destiny oh my god (laughs) like if they don't get it done at this point again as a reminder they had like a 16-point gap between wow. first and second. So like double-digit gap. Get it done. Lock it up, man. There's what? Match day. Rodada 34. Was this weekend? Match day 34. And we're going to Rodada 38. <laughs> I love Brazil. I, I love Brazil. No. Even though Boga, Boga, Boga lost to Brazilian tell. team. Yeah. I don't know. I have like, I'm supposed to hate them. But you love it. But I love Brazil. Yeah. Oh, that's Brazil. sweet. Love. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, I love it when Nico cooks like that. All right, guys. We're going to take a break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And it's Hamilton, surely! Oh, and it's a game-saving challenge from Ali Krieger. This will not be her final professional game. Into Stengel. Stengel with a strike! And Katie Stengel has broken the deadlock! And they're into their first NWSL Championship final. All the preparation's done. The talking is over. Now it's all about the action. Astaire is there! Oh, what a finish! By the World Cup winner, Astaire! Gotham have done it! Gotham FC, the 2023 champions! Oh my God, absolutely no words. A storybook ending for one of the greatest to ever do it. And right now we are so incredibly honored to be joined by the one and only Allie Krieger. What's up champion? Hi everyone, I'm so happy to be here. My voice is almost gone. Um, other than that, I am so, so happy to, to hang out with you this morning. Oh my gosh, so this, I, I, honestly, you, you couldn't have scripted it better, um, but we were just watching that, that package and your face when you're watching <laughs> Esther's header go in to the back of the goal, can you just kind of take us through what was going through your head in that moment? Well, we were training that on the on the pitch, um, you know, week in and week out. And so she's doing it in training. And then we're like, all right, let's just apply this to the game and we're good. And it actually we executed it perfectly. And so that was my run. I turned around and she's she's always been there. And so I couldn't believe it that it actually works. I mean, I could believe it, but it but it worked. And we were so we were so happy in that moment. It it uh, we needed that goal and in that exact moment. And, and it was amazing. Ali, you, uh, we've talked a couple of times. It's the first time you've ever sounded like a jazz singer. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you definitely enjoyed yourself. Um, I want to ask, I mean, about, this is, yeah. I wanna ask about this run that you guys have had. I mean, just this impromptu run, getting in the playoffs, willing yourself into the playoff, and then seemingly the entire team playing for you, chanting this will not be Ali's last match, and you hoist the trophy. Can you just take us through the playoffs? How has this felt for you to end your career this way? I mean, incredible. I can't really put it into words, right? You like a player dreams of this uh, ending to their career and, and not many get it this way. So I know I, I have to be, you know, super grateful and I feel super lucky that this is the way it's turned out because it's not every day that, you know, one gets to enjoy this moment exactly the way that you envision it. And so obviously the playoffs, we knew we were going to be very difficult. We squeaked in, um, you know, in that last game at my retirement game, that's when we found out. And so I was so ecstatic to be able to, uh, have the opportunity to play at least three more games. And so my coach, you know, Juan was saying this at the end of every huddle. He was saying, it's not Alec Grieger's last game. And that was like the whole theme of the playoffs. And so I think the the team really rallied behind me. They wanted to not only win for themselves and for our team, but for me. And I thought that that was so incredible. And I was just so motivated uh, that much more to, to want to give everything because they were given everything for me. And um, that was such a good feeling as the leader and 
the captain to really carry this this team and this uh, organization to the top. Ali, you win you win the match and you have this big hug for your head coach Juan Carlos Amoros. There was this warm embrace. Can you share mm-hmm. what that moment meant for the both of you and, and how he's helped you as a coach, but also what were some of the things that, that you guys said to one another? Yeah, he's um, kind of, you know, sparked, uh, I guess, sparked an interest in me to just want to play better, want to learn more, want to apply everything in training to the to the games and and just elevate my game personally, even at my age, at 39, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult to get out there day in and day out and really perform and have that fire underneath of you and that willingness and uh, to want to show up for your team and show up for yourself and play good football. So for me, that was exciting that I was learning something new every day. And even at my age, I don't know everything. And I think uh, it's, it's nice to kind of continue to learn. And uh, he was teaching me still at this age. I mean, we're basically the same age. Um, and we kind of share this, um, you know, this relationship, this bond that I haven't had with a lot of coaches. And it was encouraging just to step up. And, and um, he gave me that, you know, validation, that um, appreciation to do what I wanted to do and to apply everything that I've learned over the years to, to this year. And he kind of gave me the freedom to do that. And I appreciated that so much. And he's, you know, has just great communication. Um, you know, he instilled that leadership mentality into me from day one. And uh, I think that's what really helped carry it through all the way. And in that moment, I just said, I am, I just said, thank you. Thank you so much for the best year of my career. Thank you for putting everything into us and to this team, because as coaches, you know, you have to ask them, not only the players, do you have everything you need to succeed, but you have to ask the coaches as well. Hey, do you have everything you need in order to be successful for this group and this organization? And so um, I think he did an excellent job from day one, really rallying us and really helping us buy into this, um, you know, this, this year and this championship and winning and, um, and he definitely elevated it. And, and we all now are that much more elite coming out of, um, yeah, coming out of this year and coming out of this experience altogether. I want to ask a soccer question, but I feel like we're burying the lead here. (laughs) Saturday night, after you guys win, the parting and the celebration, where does that rank, Ellie, amongst the best parties you've ever been to? (laughs) I mean, I haven't been clubbing since my 20s, and uh, (laughs) that was a new experience. I woke up the next day and I had confetti in my bathroom uh, from, not from the game, it was, uh, like, you know, from the club where confetti got in my boots that I was wearing. And, and so that was a really good night. We all were out till three, four in the morning. Um, it, it was so fun to celebrate. And everyone came out, even some of the Seattle players. They met us and some of the San Diego players. I mean, it's just nice at the end of the day, no matter what happens, we all still have each other's back and we all still enjoy and respect each other as people and players and it's just nice to kind of have that experience all together um, because year after year is so hard and it's so hard to win a championship. It's so hard to get into the playoffs and you really need each other no matter what jersey you put on at the end of the day. And so that's like really exciting for us. And we had so much fun. Um, I made sure to drink a lot of water in between. Nice. So I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel like, <laughs> you know, uh, a mess the next day. Um, but we rallied again last night, and um, we're headed home today. So, what's your drink of choice? 
Ooh. I, I, after you win a championship. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Champagne, always. Nice. Um, but we had Bud Light in the locker room. We were obviously, you all saw, we were spraying it around. I mean, it was so slippery and people were sliding into the trophy. <laughs> I mean, we were just like, we had the goggles on, spraying it. I mean, it was, it was a wild time, but it was so much fun. I'll never forget it. And now we have the photos that are uh, frame worthy to, to share the memories with everyone else. Speaking of the celebrations, uh, obviously you went and celebrated with the fans, the whole team, and there was a moment where everyone, including your teammates, were chanting one more year, and you very funnily, very funny, were like, hell no. And you were like, no, and then you pointed at your back and your knees. Oh, you guys. Uh, what, is my, there my a chance? Calves. Is there a chance you come back? And if not, you know, my knee and my back don't hurt in this media chair. Is that a potential for your next step? We got room at this desk, Allie. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to a lot of different things. Um, but I first, um, you know, want to spend time with my kids and my family, let my back and my calves rest. Honestly, chasing 20 year olds around has really got me got me hurt in these days. And I think my back is still left in Portland, actually, um, <laughs> on that field. But besides that, all jokes aside, I, I honestly um, yeah, I, I'm open to anything, really. Money talks, you know. But, uh, <laughs> Let's go. I, I told them already. I would, I would love to be a part-time pro and just play the home games, um, <laughs> if that's an option. But uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm leaving everything open, and I'm, I'm available and excited for the future and, and what's to come. Ali, I'm interested since you're the vet, veteran of the squad, the leader of the squad. You have a player like Midge Purse, who, who's, who's shown a lot of potential but the failures of not making a World Cup roster can weigh heavily mm -hmm. on, on one's mental state. But her mm -hmm. bounce back and to be the MVP in the, in the last match, how have you seen her grow from, from that low moment as a, as a player? Yeah, it was, it's always so tough, right? Not, you know, making a World Cup or an Olympic roster. I mean, not every coach is going to value you. So you have to, you know, it's kind of how you react to that um, is, is most important. And you have to continue to make it very difficult for the coaches to ignore you. And I think that's exactly what she did um, this, this season. She took this opportunity to really grow, to really work on, you know, things that she needed to work on in order to improve, to be able to get seen again and get a look. And I, have, I saw it every single day. Um, that in training and she would do her IDPs and focus, you know, after training on that, she'd be in the gym, she's doing treatment, she's taking care of herself. Um, she's really, really dedicated and she's, you know, has, has done so well each and every game kind of getting better and better, gaining obviously more experience using the tools that the coaches are giving her in order to succeed out there. I think, uh, you know, players, you can listen to coaches, but not every player actually hears them. And so I think she was really hearing the coaching staff saying, okay, what can I do better in these situations? She's really also taken up, um, I guess, chess and to help with, you know, focusing mentally and uh, I guess having that type of calmness out on the field when things get a bit chaotic. And so just different types of tools that, you know, not many people know that we're applying to every part of our game. And she's done a per, you know, she's a perfect example of that. She's done really well, and you you see that now. Um, the reward is getting the MVP trophy, and honestly, she was touching every blade of grass on that field uh, in the final. And I was so so happy for her to get those assists because she deserves it. And that first goal was crazy. I mean, the the ability to beat three four players down the line and put in a cross that we've been working on all year and hitting the ball low. 
uh, was was the goal of the season. And so that for us was was a great moment. Allie, quickly before we let you go, um, you, I know you got a lot of A-list friends, including Alexis Guerreros right here. <laughs> but go. I want to know, who was, what was the coolest the text message that you got after the, the match? Great question. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I don't really consider a lot. Like, everyone's really my friend, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Like, there's no, like, you know, I don't know. I, I guess it was nice hearing from Abby. Um, Abby and, uh, yeah, just sending me, I don't know, encouragement and motivation just for the next phase too, because she's already in that. Um, I think that was nice because I've always looked up to her. Um, we've always had a really great relationship. So I think, um, you know, hearing from her was, yeah, it was really nice and and motivating for me kind of walking into this next phase. Oh man. That's awesome. Allie. um, I did text her by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It was Alexis Guerrero's text for sure. We are, we are so grateful to you for taking the time to join us. I know it is very early um, out in California, but we're so happy for you. We're so proud and uh, I cannot wait to see whatever comes next, but enjoy, enjoy this time, Allie. You've earned every second of it. Thank you. I adore you all, and I can't wait to be home, and we can all celebrate this week coming up. Let's, Let's go. go. Next glass of champagne on me. <laughs> yes. <All right. laughs> I'll hold you to that. Uh, it's going to be take... cheap champagne. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've had worse. <laughs> uh, we're going to take another just a quick timeout, uh, but more to come on Morning Footy when we return. Stick around. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. Welcome back. Here's a look at Monday's footy fix in Argentina. We've got Sarmiento versus Godoy Cruz and Instituto versus Barca Central. 5 p.m., 7 p.m., both those matches on Paramount Plus and Liga MX Femenil. Tigres versus Pumas and Monterrey taking on Club Tijuana to watch those matches on VIX. Guys, we made it through a Monday show. If we had time, we were going to go through our best moments of the weekend, alas. Allie Krieger took precedence, yeah. which is Fair enough. entirely appropriate. That was my moment of the weekend right there. Honestly, I would. how how great of her to join us, too. Like, right. It is early, it is early. in Cali. She and prob- she's, been, she's probably on in two hours of sleep. I was going to say. <laughs> Praise Jesus, I'm not an ice cube. That girl. <laughs> <laughs> she sounded like she was doing a Leonard Maloney impression. My mother got Charlie's cold. not Just... frozen. We're all still here. <laughs> Allie Krieger joined. What a Monday. Guys, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.